G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation to Visionathon today at vision.org.au. The Bible says, little children, keep yourself from idols. We can often think idols are from some long-forgotten yesteryear. Pastor Greg Laurie points out idols may have actually had our attention just yesterday. A lot of things can become an idol in your life. A vehicle can become an idol. A career can become an idol. A person can be an idol. And the Lord is effectively saying, I don't want to share you with anyone or anything else. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. What things are the most important in our lives? Our computers probably know. Our smartphones probably have a good idea. Or certainly our credit or debit card. What captures our attention? What steals our thoughts? What is it that's always near the top of our mind? Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out that idols are anything or anyone that takes our focus off God. And we'll see that the Lord recognises the danger and He mentions it in His Ten Commandments. The title of my message is From Hopelessness to Happiness. Am I talking to somebody right now that is feeling hopeless? Am I talking to somebody right now that is just terrified of the future and you don't think you can ever be happy again? Then you want to hear what I'm about to say to you from the Word of God. I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Exodus chapter 20. And I'm going to read quite a few verses with you so I hope you'll read along. Exodus 20, verse two. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Commandment number two. Exodus 20, verse four. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that's in heaven above or the earth beneath or in the water under the earth, nor shall you bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity uh, on the fathers, on the children of the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, and showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. Commandment number three, uh, Exodus 20, verse seven, you shall not take the name of the Lord in vain. The Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Commandment number four, Exodus 20, verse eight and nine, remember the Sabbath day to keep it Holy. Commandment number five, Exodus 20, 12. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord has given you. Commandment number six, you shall not murder. Commandment number seven, you shall not commit adultery. Commandment number eight, Exodus 20, verse 15. 
you shall not steal. Commandment number nine, Exodus 20, verse 16, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, or don't lie. <laughs> and then one final commandment, Exodus 20, verse 17, you shall not covet your neighbor's house or covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or female servant, nor his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor. So there they are. Those are the 10 commandments. Start working on memorizing them, then start working on internalizing them. So let's start with commandment number one. You shall have no other gods before me. So here's what the Lord is saying. I don't want to share you with somebody else. You belong to me. We have an exclusive relationship. I mean, what if a wife were to say to her husband, honey, I love you so much. And by the way, I'm going out on a date tonight with Chad. I don't know why Chad. Chad? And uh, I don't know when I'll be back. Uh, maybe I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Love you. No clear-thinking husband would go along with that game plan. But in the same way, we'll say, oh, Lord, I love you so much. But effectively, we have another God in our life. Or we'll say, Lord, I love you so much. But we'll be breaking his commandments left and right. But listen, here's what the Lord says. Look at Exodus 20, verse 6. I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Having another God is easier than you may think it is. The Bible says, little children, keep yourself from idols. A lot of things can become an idol in your life. You know, a vehicle can become an idol. A house can become an idol. A career can become an idol. A ministry can even become an idol. A person can be an idol in your life. For we take our eyes off the Lord and we're more passionate about that thing. Or it might be something you do for fun or for a hobby or some other thing. You can put other gods in the place of the true God. And the Lord is effectively saying, I don't want to share you with anyone or anything else bringing us to the second commandment, don't have graven images. Now, that's just making some false image of God. Uh, and that's very easy to do. Okay, this is even more absurd. I talked about the wife telling her husband she's going out on a date with some guy named Chad. How about if the husband said, no problem, I'm gonna spend the night with my favorite girl. I call her Mary Manny. And why do you call her that? Because she's a mannequin. Yeah, you say I found her down at the department store. She does whatever I tell her to do. She's always smiling. She's dependable and she never talks back. Oh, this is even crazier. Your wife is leaving you for some dude named Chad and you're leaving your wife for some stupid mannequin? Is it any more ridiculous when we allow some object to take the place of the Lord in our life? So have no other gods before him. Don't have any graven images. Commandment number three, don't take his name in vain. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Verse seven of Exodus 20, you shall not take the name of the Lord in vain. Now what does that mean? Well, there's obvious ways. You see people who use the Lord's name in profanity. And to me, that's weird. They'll say, I don't believe in Jesus Christ, but I use the name of Jesus Christ to punctuate a point. And that is obviously one way you can take his name in vain. But the phrase in vain means to use in a frivolous or insincere manner. So sometimes we can 
say something to the Lord and have no thought of the Lord whatsoever as we're saying it. Or sometimes we use it when we text each other, OMG, all caps. And we'll just say, oh God, oh God, oh God, all the time. Wait, why are you taking the Lord's name to make your point? Don't take his name in vain. But perhaps the easiest way to take his name in vain is by being a hypocrite. The person who says, Lord, Lord, but does not keep his commandments. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Listen to me. The hypocrisy of the church is far worse than the profanity on the street. Let's not take his name in vain. That brings us to commandment four, which is remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, Exodus 20, verse eight. Now, let's get real. Sabbath day always was and always will be the day of Saturday given to the Jewish people in a special covenant between them and God. But for the Christian, we worship often on Sunday, which is the first day of the week. That's the day Christ rose from the dead. That is the day that the early church worshiped and that is the day that Chick-fil-A is closed <laughs> in a connected way, actually. But the fact of this is, is, is we want to remember to take a day aside and set it apart for the glory of God. A day set apart to rest from our labors. A day set apart to be recharged spiritually. Thanks for joining us on A New Beginning as Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California, USA shares about the Ten Commandments today in his message, From Hopelessness to Happiness. Really good practical teaching. So let's continue. Okay, so now let's shift gears. We've just left the first tablet. Remember, there's four commands on the first tablet. You shall not have any other gods before him. No graven images. Don't take his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day. Now we come to tablet number two. So the first tablet has to do with our relationship with God. The second tablet has to do with our relationship with other people. And it begins with these words, honor your father and mother. Did you know the most formative years of a child's life are ages birth to three? And Moses, who we're talking about, had some very good advice when it comes to raising our kids. He says in Deuteronomy 6, write these commandments that I've given you today on your hearts, get them inside of you, and then get them inside of your children. Talk about them wherever you are, sitting at home or walking in the street. Talk about them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall into bed at night. I mean, how practical is that? So it's great to have uh, maybe a little devotional time with your kids. By the way, if you're trying to do devotions at home, uh, don't make them too long. Don't make them boring. Involve the kids in the conversation. Uh, the greatest compliment a child can pay, a parent, a mom or a dad, is I want another story. Tell me more. Rather than them rolling their eyes or falling asleep while you're trying to be some great expositor for an hour and a half with them. Enter into their world. Uh, Instead of telling them they can't do all these things, do those things with them. You know, watch television with them and, and help them to interpret what's going on around them. Talk to them about conversations they have with their friends because they need your input and they need your counsel. Did you know that the age most kids start to turn away from their faith is the age of 13? You might have thought it was 16 or 17 or 18. It's age 13 
Am I talking to a parent with a 13-year-old? You've just entered the teen years and you're wondering what happened to my sweet kid? Well, they're going through a transitional time and they need you more than ever. Listen, am I talking to a 13-year-old right now? Talk to your parents. Get their input because you need it more than ever. And the best example of a good father is our Father in heaven. You say, well, yeah, but he's in heaven. I, I, I can't relate to him. Oh, really? Well, if you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is God. Jesus was God walking among us. Jesus was God with skin on. God had a face. He breathed our air. He walked our earth. He lived our life. And then he died our death. And Jesus told us a story that shows us what God the Father is like. It's a story that we often refer to as the parable of the prodigal son. And it's a father who had two sons. I relate to this because I have two sons. One of them is in heaven. One is on earth. A father had two sons. And one of those sons ran away from home. One of those sons took his portion of the inheritance and squandered it on foolish choices and horrible living and he faced the consequences of it and that son decided one day to return to his father. And in this picture that Jesus gives us of God, in this selfie of God, if you will, God is presented to us as a loving father who misses his child when they're gone. God is presented as a loving father that longs for his child to return as shown by the story that Jesus told when he said when that boy came to his senses and returned home when the father saw him a great way off he ran to him and threw his arms around him and kissed him and welcomed him home and said let's rejoice my son who is dead is alive again he who was lost is found that's how God feels about you the Ten Commandments some people say, well, I live by the Ten Commandments. That's all the religion I need. Look, I don't even know you and I'm gonna say something really blunt. You don't live by the Ten Commandments because you've broken them. Some of you may have broken every single one of them in some way, shape, or form. The commandments were not given to make us holy. The commandments are given to show us how unholy we are. They're given to open our eyes and shut our mouths because I realize, oh man, I fall short of those commandments. Who among us right now has not broken one of these commandments? Well, you say, not me, really? Then you must not know them. Have you ever had another God before him? Have you ever taken the Lord's name in vain? Have you ever stolen anything? Have you ever lied in your life? No, I haven't. You're lying right now. Every one of us have broken these commandments. And the Bible says that we have been in one point of the law. We're guilty of all of it. A while back, I was driving and I, I ran through a red light. I didn't do it intentionally, but I wasn't paying attention. It was my fault and I broke the law technically and boy, I tell you what, I did it right in front of a cop. And uh, immediately I saw that light in my rear view mirror and I pulled over and, and I rolled down my window and I put my hands on the steering wheel and, and the officer comes approaching me on my left and he asked me for my driver's license and insurance and so forth. And, and I, I just said, officer, I'm really sorry. I was wrong. I wasn't paying attention. It's my fault. That's all I said. 
So the officer, you know, checks my license and, and comes back a few moments later. He says, well, I'll tell you what, I'm gonna let you go today with just a warning. I said, I have to say, officer, thank you for that, but why? He says, well, I'm gonna let you off with a warning because most people don't admit it when they're wrong. And since you did, I'm gonna let you go with a warning. I was like, thank you, Jesus, and thank you, officer. I deserve to be ticketed. And I think this is the thing, is we don't want to admit to God we're wrong. We don't want to admit to God that we've sinned and broken His commandments, but that's what we need to do. And the Ten Commandments are given to show you that you need Jesus. They drive me into the open arms of Jesus because I can't live by these standards on my own, but Jesus can come in me and forgive me of all of my sin. Remember the title of my message is From Hopelessness to Happiness. Am I talking to a hopeless person right now? Listen. That can change. Hope has a name. And it's Jesus Christ. And he can send a rush of hope into your life right now and change your life. Now, maybe your circumstances will not change. Maybe they will. But I know this much, your heart will change. And when your heart changes, everything changes. You need Jesus. He's the one you're searching for. He's the one who died on the cross for you 2,000 years ago and spilled his blood to pay for every sin you have committed. And then he rose from the dead three days later and he stands at the door of your life and he knocks and he says, if you'll hear his voice and open the door, he will come in. In a moment, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer and I'm gonna ask you to pray this prayer with me. This is a prayer where you will be saying to God, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner but I know that you sent the Son to be my Savior. And I turn from my sin and I ask Jesus to come into my life and I choose to follow him from this moment forward. So listen, if you want your sin forgiven, if you wanna know that you'll go to heaven when you die, if you wanna go from hopelessness to happiness, if you wanna be ready for the Lord's return or if you've fallen away from the Lord and you wanna come back to him right now as a prodigal son or daughter, I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. Just pray these words, Lord Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that you're the Savior who died on the cross for my sin and rose again from the dead. I'm sorry for my sin and I turn from it. And I choose to follow you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Greg Laurie with an important prayer for those making a change in their relationship with God today. And if you were one of those who prayed with Pastor Greg today and made that decision for Christ, congratulations. We'd love to help you to begin to grow in your new faith by sending you some resource materials called our New Believers Growth Packet. It'll help answer some of the questions you might have and get you started off right. So get in touch for your New Believers Growth Packet. Just ask for it when you call 1-800-00-5011. Well, next time, Pastor Greg continues our studies of the Ten Commandments, sharing about the freedom and peace that we'll enjoy as we commit ourselves to telling the truth always. Join us same time tomorrow for a new beginning.
you'd like a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, it is available on a CD from Vision Christian Store. Search From Hopelessness to Happiness at visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-005011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.